Sit and stay with you Talk about it, maybe even argue Willing to take hits too I don't mean it physically But when you heat it and the truth comes out That shit hurts, yo I take offense, but I give it back Working on my pride How me thinking that I'm this and that No matter how harsh you are So I always be attacked As long as you don't walk out the door, the door If you patient with me Promise that it's worth it for sure And everything you want and is yours Cause me, I do what I wanna do For the people I love But I still let you down Swear I miss you But it's hard as fuck to let you go Swear you're on my mind I just thought I should let you know I hurt but I try I try, I try, I try I try, I try, I try Yeah, but I Still let you down My anxiety be fucking with me The way I think of when I'm overwhelmed It's like it's walking with me No matter time or place and when I'm in my head I'm just scared you won't be rocking with me So I keep it to myself and act great I guess you could say I act fake Say to bring it to you, baby, that's not cake I choke on words just before I come out But it's not worth ruining the energy So then I sit down and let go You say it put you in your feels dope You know I'm hearing that you hurt But shit, I'm hurt too I never think I did anything wrong But you always show me something I did Forgive me, sometimes I feel entitled to shit I just be chilling, but I just think I'm right all the time I just be ignorant, man, I'm trying to change But sometimes I be stuck in habits They say nobody changed, they just growing and adapting like, Swear I miss you, but it's hard as fuck to let you go Swear you're on my mind, I just thought I should let you know I hurt, but I try, I try, I try, I try But I won't let you down wow. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Y'all know what it is. It's Ice Pick, Cousin Rick, Eric Hicks, whichever name you should choose from the Close Your Ears podcast. 717's number one podcast when we're promoting entrepreneurship, business, brands, and all the other good shit. I have a special guest with me on the line. This is episode 95. Hold on, let's make some noise for episode... Oh, no, no, not that. I think the noise we wanted to make. Rock and roll, I done turned the rock and roll back on But we making some noise because we have a special guest for episode 95 I have with me on the line Dustin DeVries I, I said that right? DeVries? DeVries DeVries, yeah. I'm sorry DeVries, so I'm going to give you all a quick background on, on Dustin Dustin has been living and breathing software development for over 20 years he is the co-founder of Caffeine Interactive Technologies, an agency that focuses on planning, st- strategies, and architect 
ensuring that software implementations are straightforward based on clear ways to measure success. He enjoys working with his clients to build the right technology, whether it's a multi multi tier mobile uh, app built to react and Lavelle of simple, simple website based on WordPress. He received his bachelor's of science and computer engineering from Texas A&M big university. Let's make some noise for Texas A&M. <laughs> uh, Dustin is proud to work with some of the most talented business analysts and developers in the industry. He is a solopreneur, solopreneur, excuse me, and has grown his company based on a hundred percent remote team, which has been thriving in the last eight years. And we'll make some noise for that. In his spare time, Dustin enjoys playing tennis, fishing, reading, gardening, cooking, music, hiking, hanging out with family. Uh, he believes that a work-life balance is essential to operate a business, overcome adversities, and find a bigger purpose. He is eager to talk about the importance of having personal freedom while being a successful entrepreneur in the software industry, working with remote teams and managing family crisis. So that's the background on on Dustin. He's definitely not your typical geek squad, you know, the cooking, the hiking, you know what I mean? The fishing, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. How you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I want to thank you for reaching out to come on the show. Um, so let's jump into it. I like to ask a lot of entrepreneurs first and foremost, um, what was the motivating thing or what pushed them to want to be an entrepreneur? You know, I think it's like, I mean, probably somewhat of a generic answer because I think a lot of people like this to get into uh, workforce, uh, out of college, maybe getting into the corporate world, that sort of thing. That's how it was for me. And um, just realizing that it didn't really feel like what I wanted to pursue. And I think at some point, you know, as you uh, mature in life, get older, get a little wisdom. I'm not saying I'm the wisest person in the world, but like, at least maybe in this case, I think I made an all right decision. Um, you know, you start to think, well, what's important to me? You know, and you start to maybe build a family, have kids, that sort of thing. And as I started, uh, you know, got married, started thinking about trying to build a family and all of that, I just decided, you know, I think in some ways, uh, peace and happiness and balance in life is more important than the financial gain. Um, not to mention, you know, there's the allure of going off on your own, starting your own business, your own venture where you really don't have a ceiling, right? I mean, the ceiling is like as high as what Elon Musk or higher, right? So, not that I, you know, craving to make billion, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, I like having money, I like having, you know, some financial freedom and would like to have more than I have now, but at the same time, um, you know, it was all about, well, what's going to make me happy and make me a better person and give me, the lifestyle that I, that I want to have versus being, you know, in the grind of a corporate job. And so that was really the motivation for me back around the year 2010, uh, spent 10 years working in, uh, the semiconductor industry and then branched out and started doing my own thing. Okay. 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 So yeah, that's it. That's what, like you say, that's, it's almost, almost a cookie cutter answer, but like you say, with that entrepreneurial field, it's definitely the, 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 the the motivation and, and driving factor for for majority of the people, you know what I mean. So, um, 
Okay, so then you decided to choose the technology field. So, so, cause you're you're an older guy. You're a little older than me. I'm I'm 38. So, and again, I told you I was excited to have you on, cause again, to have someone in the field that I know absolutely nothing about. Like again, listen, we're doing this phone interview now. I normally have my Zoom set up. So something happened where my Zoom got erased. I couldn't even I couldn't even get the Zoom back on my computer. Like I'm that horrible with it. Like when I finally can get it, then I can't remember my passcode to let the, the installation go down. Like <laughs> I'm terrible when it comes to technology. So what actually like what 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 was it that that drove you towards technology? Because again, you're a little. I'm assuming. How, how old are you? 45, 45. 45. So yeah, a little older. So again, I, I consider myself like I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to technology, like I should be ashamed of myself. Cause like, as I'm growing up, like technology is really, you know what I mean? I grew up with the computer and all that, you know, like internet was really popping or, or really got extra popular on the computers. Like when I'm in middle school and all this. So it's like, I should be firsthand grasping all this technology and it's like i'm the total opposite so so what was it that 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 gravitated you to the um technology field you know it's tough to say i mean my uh parents and my dad uh got into software development when i was a kid um i think we got our first like personal computer was like six or seven years old actually even before that i think i was more like four or five um and so you know i was around it quite a bit um, he taught me a few things. My, you know, my mom and dad both work in the same business, working, uh, building software. And so, uh, anyway, my dad was working on a software developer, my mom working along with him. And so, um, you know, that was kind of my first taste of, of, uh, computers and technology. I guess as I got older, I mean, it's definitely the Nintendo generation. Right. You know, played, uh, old school Nintendo like crazy and Atari, you know, when I was, pretty young and stuff like that. So kind of surrounded by that, um, you know, obviously not as much as kids these days because of, you know, how with cell phones, you know, not that stuff's around, but just the gaming systems. And then as I got older uh, into high school, um, that's around the time the internet started, you know, to come into existence. Like, I don't know what the exact day was, but, you know, back, this was for me, like back in the early 90s. Uh, so it was one of the early adopters, I guess, the internet kind of started getting into it. I still had a, you know, uh, love for gaming and so love what I did on computers was sitting around playing video games and um but then from there I just you know started learning new things I also went to uh I was fortunate enough to go to a school that had uh some course courses around uh software development programming and so I've been kind of exposed to it through my parents and you know particularly through my dad being a software developer and so um you know I I decided to, to pursue it, I guess, because it was something that was interesting to me. And I found I was actually pretty decent at, at uh, programming and writing software. I was always strong at, like, math, um, more so than, than English. Uh, you know, think back <laughs> to old school days of taking SAT. I think I, like, almost aced the math portion, and I got about half that score on the English portion. <laughs> like, way slanted towards the math and, you know, side of things, and not so much on the... English liberal arts, whatever side of things. And so, um, you know, I think it was just, it was something I was good at. It's something I kind of enjoyed. There was never, at that point in time, never really a passion about it, I don't think. But, you know, I feel like I kind of lucked into the field because 
when it was time to go to college, it was like, I don't really know what I want to do. There were like these aspirations I had when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronomer. I wanted to do some other things. Um, and then by the time I got to, to college, it's like, well, this is something I'm good at. I don't really have a strong feeling toward any particular discipline. So I just decided, let me get into it makes sense. Into computer engineering and software engineering. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's kind of where it just kind of went from there. Okay. Well, Hey, and that's what's crazy with the entrepreneur field too. Like a lot of people, there's a lot of people that didn't say, well, I thought I would be doing this or I sat out to do this. That They, they kind of, you know, life happens and they kind of, you just, the path that you walk and you, you just walk the path. So, that's what's up, because I know a lot of, and, and the thing I used to say earlier in a lot of my uh, earlier episodes when talking to people, like, it's hard, you know, there's a lot of people that in their mind, they may want to be an entrepreneur, but don't know exactly which avenue they want to go, or you know what I mean, how they want to go about being an entrepreneur. So, like you say, it's it's a blessing yeah. when you can sometimes, like you say, just walk into it and, you know what I mean? You you had the background. It almost makes yeah. sense. If, if if I'm going to school and I know about this, but I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, why not go ahead and let's start to pursue in this? And then, you know, we see what goes from there. And it actually worked for you. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah I, I think so. And, you know, you hear a lot of this about people getting the wrong majors. And, you know, especially hear about someone going to spend a fortune on like Ivy League schools or something and, you know, majoring in a, a discipline that doesn't, you know, where you end up in a situation where you can't pay back your student loans. And you know, there's a lot of things like that we, we hear about all the time. And, uh, you know, I think there's a certain level of like just finding something practical. You know, I'm, I'm not one of these, you know, I don't subscribe to this. I know a lot of people do, and maybe a lot of people agree with me on this. I don't know. But like this idea that, you know, you have to find something you're passionate about and you love. And then if you can find that and make that your career, then you never have to work a day in your life. I'm like, I don't buy into that. And the reason why I don't buy into that is because I think the things that I love, the minute it becomes a job or a chore, it's something I have to do all the time. It's like, it just, it shuts me down. Uh, I know a guy who opened a, a barbecue uh, business here in Texas, which, you know, he's, tons of he's doing a really great job with it, from my understanding. And um, apparently he never eats barbecue, like brisket and things like that. He doesn't touch it anymore. He's just like, I'm so tired of it. Like I cook it all day. It's around me all day. I'm smelling it all day. I can't think about eating like a brisket or, you know, anything like that because it's just too much. And that's what I think about. Like, I don't, you know, there's something to be said, you know, I have my passions and things I love and I enjoy and then I have my job. And it's not to say I don't love what I do and I don't, I don't, you know, get enjoyment and satisfaction out of what I do, but, and maybe even, maybe there's a little bit of passion there, but it's not like, you know, I've always kind of tried to separate that a little bit more than maybe other people. Some people are really good about, they get really passionate about things and they just go all in on that and it becomes their job. That's great. I don't think my mind worked that way. So I just, you know, looked for something that was practical um, that I thought, you know, I could make a uh, decent amount of money from and, you know, to be able to support a family and that sort of thing. And then just kind of stem from there. And you know, the other thing I'll add to everything you just said was, you know, I think when you're thinking about careers, you're thinking about where you want to go. I mean, people change career paths all the time, mm-hmm. especially in the software world. I've got a, I've got a cousin who, he started as a, I think he was a geology major undergrad. Then he went back to school, pursued a master's in petroleum engineering, worked in the oil and gas field, you know, down in, in, uh, here in Texas, but down in, in Houston where the stuff is huge. Did that for a few years, was making really good money, but he did not have a lifestyle he wanted. So he went back to school again. He went to one of these like nine months a year 
boot camp programs, learn how to do software development. And now he's pursuing a career in software that is going to allow him to travel. He likes to go, you know, travel places and have that, that, uh, location independence that he didn't have with, with you know, his other, uh, avenues that he had pursued. So I think that's another important part of this is just, you know, just because you pick something now doesn't mean that's what you have to be doing five years or 10 years from now. You're right about that. So I want to touch on something that you spoke on about what your passion. And I think the key word that we had left out while we was talking about that is that balance. So let's talk about work-life balance, like how to balance the physical, occupational, the social, the spiritual, the intellectual, and emotional facets of a healthy life. Yeah, so that's something that's been near and dear to my heart uh, really since, I mean, I would say always been, but it's never something I've been as intentional as I've been about as, as I have been in this last year in 2022. At the beginning of the year, I set out to try to get more balance in my life. I felt like I'd done a lot to move that direction, but I still found, we all find ourselves like this, I'm, I'm assuming, where we're kind of taking a moment to assess where we are in our lives and the things we're doing. We're thinking about maybe our kids or our spouse or our parents or, you know, other family, friends, thinking about a friend we haven't talked to in forever that we feel like, you know, man, why did I let that friendship die? Or why haven't I, you know, been more intentional about reaching out to these people? Or why am I not being more intentional about spending time with my kids or with my wife, whatever the case may be. And so I just decided, you know, rather than, I think a lot of times we kind of trust our intuition. We just say, okay, well, I think I'll know when I need to spend more time with certain people, you know, remember them. And I'll think, okay, let me go spend some more time. I actually started doing some journaling. Um, it was one of my New Year's resolutions in 2022. Uh, so I journal on a daily basis. And as part of my journaling, I use it as kind of a, um, a checkup on myself to see, you know, what I'm doing, where I need to focus more attention. So those six buckets you just mentioned, physical, occupational, spiritual, social, intellectual, and emotional. Those are the six buckets I came up with, uh, basically to try to track, uh, what I'm doing on a daily basis. So am I, you know, it doesn't be clear on balance though. Like I don't think balance means you're going to come up with buckets like I have. And there's other buckets that people throw in there that, you know, I didn't include. I just, I want to simplify it and come up with six. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to do them every day. You know, I think that's the other thing is to give yourself permission that you're going to have days that are very work heavy. You know, you got something crazy project is due at work, whatever the case may be. So all your attention is on that. And you're like telling the family, I'm not going to be home for dinner. I've got to focus on this. Got to get this thing done. Obviously, you're going to be very heavy on the on the occupational bucket that day, and not very very heavy on the the social, you know, the relationship side of things that day because you're tied up with something. And so that means, you know, if you're tracking that, you can see that. You can see trends. You can say, well, you know, last two days I've been really busy with work. Maybe today I need to find some time to go spend some time with my family. I need to go find some time to go get some exercise. The physical side of it, you know, just balancing things out like that. Yep. Yep. And that's, and, and that's, that's balance that, that aspect of that, what we're talking about with the balance that is, that is so major. Cause again, when we talk in mental health, it, you need that balance. Like, like you say, it's like you give yourself almost like a, a, a progress report where you could check different, you know, different aspects of you to make sure, you know what I mean? You're, yep. you're doing okay and having that balance. So it's that, that is definitely like, and I, I think that's a, a lot of people struggle with trying to find that balance, you know, work and life and, and all that in, in between. So that's definitely something 
yeah. something that's probably slept on or, or swept under the rug for entrepreneurs that they have to deal with or something that they have to learn and learn to maintain while, you know, trying to do the business and everything else. So that's dope that you, like you say, you, you were able to shine light on that and you know what I mean? Just give your opinion on how you yeah. like to handle it. Cause like I say, it, it's, it's tough. I'm, I, and, and I lost my balance since like, since I, I, I've been podcasting that this is going on my third year. So I, I, I like to, I, I usually like to stay fit, like to work out, whether I'm going to the gym or just going by the river, running, working out, doing whatever, you know what I mean? Something to keep my bones, my old bones moving. And it's like, I I, I completely <laughs> lost that balance. Like I haven't been to the gym since like COVID, like it's like COVID not, and, it, and it's like, I just got comfortable with, you know what I mean? Not having that balance, but we going to get it back. I got to get it back. We going to find a way to get it back. But, um. Let's see what else. You know, just always give, it, give yeah. a solid journaling. You know, I think one of the nice things about journaling is the accountability of it. You know, so I can go in and I can, uh, I can set my agenda on a daily basis when I'm journaling. I can go back and I can look at trends. You know, there's all these different. You know, and I use these as well, like to do lists and things like that that you can download through phone, um, web based things, stuff like that. And you know, those are those are great. But one of the problems I find with those is they're not they're not static in the sense of like. I can go back and I can look at when I'm, since I'm doing journaling, you know, it's like pen and paper. So completely old school. I'm not doing, you know, anything electronically. I feel like just getting away from computer and being able to journal with pen and paper is like a great thing. And it's kind of lost art, like writing with your hands. Like, right. I, the only time I used to write was I'd go to the bank or something, fill right. out a deposit <laughs> or something, you know, write a check to somebody. Um, no, it felt so foreign, but. The nice thing is, you know, I can go back and I can look a month ago and see what exactly I planned on doing that day. I can see what my goals were. I can see how balanced I was that day. I can look for trends. And so there's a little bit of an accountability there, too, that allows me to, to see that. And then I can go and set my goals going forward based on my performance from the past. If I know I've been ignoring my family or I know I've been ignoring working out or whatever else, and I see those trends, I can say, okay, well, for this next month, for this next week, whatever it may be, or for today, my focus is going to be, I'm going to go do this and, you know, try to hold myself accountable. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone's got to find their own systems. I think we all have our blind spots. And I think the, the journaling, you know, figuring out what those blind spots are. So in my case, it was those buckets. And then, you know, the accountability piece, you know, was what worked for me. You know, probably other systems that work better for other people, but that's what worked for me. And see, I like that, though. And like I said, I, 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 I've been hearing more people say that they're starting to do, you know, the journaling thing more or the the, the What's the thing they do, the affirmation boards or whatever. But mm-hmm. reason I think I like that is because, again, you know, w- once you hear people speak about the, um, you know, you hear different speakers talk about, how, you know, how to how to be successful in business or entrepreneurship. Boom, boom, boom. One thing I've heard a lot of people say is that you're not going to be successful if you're not writing things down. So again, mm-hmm. if what you're writing down is, you know, the, 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 the intake of you, you know what I mean? Like, again, whether it's that mm-hmm. aspect of it, or if you're just writing down your goals uh, and things you want to get accomplished X, Y, Z, like, again, that I don't, I wanted to piggyback on that journaling thing and, and writing things down. Cause like I say, there's something that I've been hearing heavy, 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 like you, you got to write mm-hmm. things down. And then once, once I jump into the entrepreneur field, my life is a wreck when I'm not writing things down. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah, it, it really it down, is, man. It, 
It really is. Like yeah. that, that 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 is very major and very key. So I definitely want to give you props for, for dropping jewels on that one too. Because like like you say, it, it's a lot of things until you start to do it that you then then you truly understand why people say they do certain things and what they do. And it's like a smart man is is the one that will okay. If I hear you saying this is what works for you, maybe I'm going to pay attention to what you're saying and at least try it for myself. You know what I mean? So that's what's up. That, that's definitely another. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I'll throw in there real quick is that, you know, where I started, I actually started journaling like a few years ago and I did it for a couple months and I stopped. And then I picked it back up in 2022, maybe because I wasn't getting things bad that I needed to. Uh, with my business and wasn't meeting my goals and stuff like that. So that was really the, the motivation behind it. One of my nice little other side effects of journaling, um, I had this, uh, someone recommended this to me. You know, as you get older, it feels like to me, I think most people as you get older and older, it's like it feels like time's just flying by faster and faster. There's something about journaling that makes you stop and take take assessment of your life and, and write things down. It kind of slows things down because we get into these routines, you know, where, Think about like brushing your teeth. It's like it's a routine thing. You go and stand in front of the mirror, you start brushing your teeth. You're not even thinking about, thinking, right? Um, you know, brushing your teeth. You're, you know, two minutes goes by, and you don't even realize it. You, you're just doing it. You're thinking about other things. That's kind of how I think we get in life. We get our routines and our habits, and we just kind of coast through life. And so, day, the day goes by, and you didn't really process anything. And that journaling helps you sit down and process. You're only 38. You don't have to worry about these things. And get in your 40s like me, then taking stuff. How much more time I have left on this earth and things like that. So, you know, I'm trying to, trying to slow life down a little bit and take, take stock in what I've, what I've got, what I'm accomplishing, what I need to accomplish. No doubt. So, listen, we're, before we take this quick break and when we come back, we're going to get into caffeine interactive. Before we take this quick break, listeners, y'all know what time it is at this point of the show. I need my listeners, my supporters. Make sure you're getting that anchor app. Make sure. You're listening and favoring on whatever platform you prefer to listen to close your ears on. Make sure you favor it so you can get them notifications when new episodes drop weekly. Uh, make sure if you got that anchor app and you want to support. Click on support and get that monthly subscription. It will definitely go a long way towards helping CYE grow. It was one more thing I had to tell the people. Oh, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Oh, by the time y'all hear this, uh, they they because this is going to be pre-recorded. But don't forget, Thursday, October twenty seventh, close your ears is having our fourth annual healthy Halloween healthy snack trick or treat giveaway. Y'all know what that's about. We're going to be at Steel School Trick or Treat Night. We're giving out um healthier snacks. So again, this is the alternative. Instead of giving them kids pounds of candy, you know what I mean for that night. At least we can throw a little balance as we're talking about and come get them healthy snack bags. They're going to have string cheese, uh, pretzels, your veggie chips, fruit cups, gogurt, raisins, you know, all healthier snacks. We might even throw a pack of we usually throw a pack of fruit snacks in there for them, though. But don't forget that's this Thursday, probably by the time you hear it, it'll already have happened because that's this week coming up. But nevertheless, that's what we're doing. We're going to the black fact. And we're coming right back, so kick it with us. Season 3 of Close Your Ears is sponsored by Nurses at Heart, who reminds you, when choosing your professional nursing service, please choose carefully. 
Your patient's well-being and your facility's good name hang in the balance. For all the right reasons, Nurses at Heart is the right choice. Nurses at Heart is a temporary nursing staffing agency that is dedicated to providing you with the absolute best health care staffing available. Nurses at Heart has per diem work in multiple states, such as Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, South Carolina, Georgia, and Louisiana. Nurses at Heart also hires RNs, LPNs, med techs, PCAs, dietary aides, receptionists, and maintenance for assisted living and skilled nursing facilities. Nurses at Heart also offers weekly pay with experience-based pay rates, meaning the more experience you have, the more potential for higher base pay. Lastly, if you're looking to travel with your work experience, Nurses at Heart also offers travel pay. So whether you're in PA with Close Your Ears or the DMV area, the Carolinas, Georgia, or even Louisiana, just get on www.nursesatheartstaffing.com to learn more about staffing your facility or your own employment needs. Nurses at Heart is a proud sponsor of Close Your Ears Season 3. Back to the show. Yo, and we back, we back, we back. Oh, the internet. See, see, here we go. But I got the guy on the line right now. Who I need? We got Dustin on the line. Dustin's calling. You, you in the Texas area? Yes, I am. In the Texas area. I got a good friend that just moved out to the Dallas, Texas area. Oh, okay. My, um, yeah, I guess Texas doesn't really narrow it down, right? It's a, it's a big state. So I'm, I'm actually just uh, just outside of Austin. Oh, okay, okay. Outside of Austin. How, how Texas A&M, what, what part of Texas is that in? That's in College Station. So it's kind of like, it's almost, I think College Station is probably close to being the population center of Texas. We, if you know, take the whole population and look at like where, like the center of that, of that, you know, basically biasing for like the distribution of people. Paul Chase is pretty close to that. It's kind of so. I guess like San Antonio, Austin would San Antonio is really close to Austin. So it's almost like a triangle. San Antonio, Austin's one corner of the triangle. Houston's one corner of the triangle, and then Dallas, Fort Worth is the third corner of the triangle, and then College Station's kind of right in the middle okay, of okay. Uh, those three cities. So okay. But we're going to get into the black fact real quick. Y'all know what time this is. So again, the black fact, we like to we like to honor our guests and mix a little little black history and mix with the industry that we're dealing with, with the guests that we got today. So for episode 95, this is 95 We're getting so confused again. I don't be writing this stuff down for episode 95 in honor of Dustin in the uh, software industry. We, we we found some black facts that, that, that we can get that is tied into that. So the first person, now we have, I have a list of 17 lead, black leaders in technology from history and today. We're not going to do all 17, y'all know. I can't even read good enough to do all 17. We'll be here all day while I probably pronounce these words. But who we're going to do, we're going to start with Granville Woods. He was born 1856. He passed away 1910. He's known as Black Edison. He invented 15 different appliances for the electric 
railways and held nearly 60 patents at the time of his death. Death. Um, his most notable invention was the multiplex induction telegraph. Induction telegraph, the telegraph, which allowed people to communicate by voice over telegraph wires, which ultimately prevented train accidents. Woods' title as Black Edison has quite the story behind it. When Woods created the, the multiplex telegraph, Thomas Edison tried to sue Woods. When that fell, Edison tried to make Woods a partner. Woods refused, earning him the nickname. <laughs> Another one that we're going to do is Otis Boinkins. Otis was born 1920. He passed away 1982. It's a little bit more recent. A uh, native of Dallas, Texas. Hey, Texas in the building. A uh, native of <laughs> Dallas, Texas, Boykin, Boykin graduated from Fisk College in 1941. During his professional life, he began work with the Majestic Radio and TV Corporation and later worked at P.J. Nielsen uh, Research Laboratories. Uh, Boykin was a pro prolific inventor who had 26 patents by the time of his death. His most notable inventions were wire pre precision resistors used in television, radios, IBM computers, and even military missiles. Perhaps one of the most notable uses of his work, however, was his control unit for the pacemaker. Um, this invention allowed the pacemaker to be more precisely regulated. So we got Otis Boinkins. We got Granfield Woods. So two inventors in a technology game. That's our black fact for episode 95. Google them. Look them up. Their stories is pretty deep. Pretty deep. Pretty deep. So that's the alley-oop for this week. So now we're back to our guy, Dustin. So... You're the co-founder, you said founder, co-founder of um, Caffeine Interactive, right? Yes, that's correct. So to give us the background on how that process got started and, and, and what exactly Caffeine yeah. Interactive is about. So, you know, I mentioned I'd spent first 10 years of my career uh, in the uh, semiconductor industry. Uh decided to leave that brown on my own, the whole thing about, you know, money versus balance and happiness and all that. So I spent the first uh, two, three years of that period after I left corporate America um, just trying a few different things. Also uh, started doing some, some freelancing. So, you know, basically uh, finding companies that maybe had a, had an opening and, you know, needed someone, whether it's a short term, three month contract, six month contract, whatever. Just started working some of those uh, just to get some more experience uh, on my own. Um, started building some relationships, you know, obviously building any kind of company, any kind of anything, you know, relationships are, are huge. So mm -hmm. started building up that network, uh, getting some gigs, getting some customers. And then, you know, it was over that, that three year period, uh, around 2013 when really just, uh, kind of reached a point where I'd, I'd hit critical mass and I had to decide, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing this freelance consulting thing. Or, you know, should I start adding some other employees? Uh, in my background, being building software uh, as a software developer, uh, software architect, you know, those kind of things. Um, that was always a strength of mine. 
Um, and I happen to marry my wife as a, as a product manager. So she's really good at product strategy, uh, business analysis, uh, understanding requirements. And so we'd always, you know, we had dabbled together on a few little things, but never really uh, did a lot career-wise. We kind of tried to keep that, that separation to some extent. And around then we decided, you know what, like we could, we could try this. It may be a stress on our marriage, but let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And we might make a couple of dollars, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's all, you know, it's, again, that, that balance thing. But it just seemed like it was a good fit because she could go in. We think about working with a, with a typical customer of ours. Like she can come in and sit down and really understand the requirements, their needs, what it is they're looking for. And then I'm on the other side working on, okay, if she gets those requirements and gets the spec together that we need to build this software. I can be the one responsible for implementing it, for going and building it. So it created a nice, you know, setup for our company because we were able to cover pretty much the whole uh, development process for our customers. And, um, you know, it's one of the things I think that helps us stand out. I know a lot of other companies that, you know, started as uh, their software development firms, agencies like ours, where they're founded by someone like me, who's a software developer. But, requirements and user interface and user experience and all that that's a that's a different it's a different field i mean it's related to software development certainly a part of the software development process but it's different it's understanding what the customer needs versus being you know understanding how to how to implement it so for example you know now you like to use is in the construction industry right like uh you got people that are really skilled really knowledgeable at building houses building office buildings whatever the case may be you got people like architects who are good at planning and putting together, you know, this is how this thing should be laid out. Here's what makes sense. Here's, you know, from, you know, th- different concerns and issues that they think of when they're, when they're putting together blueprints for, for something. And so kind of how it worked out between me and my wife, Sharon, you know, it was, I'm doing the implementation side of things, but she's doing all the planning and specification work. Um, and makes for a nice uh, design process for the, the projects that we work on. Cool, cool. So y'all, y'all still working together though. Everything's still peachy over there with that. We are. We, uh, you know, our our uh, offices are enough to size the house for a reason. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, still, we still work together. We, we do a good job with it. And sometimes you gotta tell her you stay on your side of the office and I stay on mine. <laughs> so do what you gotta do. I mean, it's, it's you know respecting each other's boundaries. That's for sure. Yeah. So so you say you guys. So y'all work from home. So how how what was some of the challenges with with building this team that you had to build and working from home? Well, we've pretty much baked that in from the beginning within our company back then. You know, from 2010 on, I was working out of my house. Um, 2000, 2013 is when we started adding additional employees, and we always kept that culture of remote work and. There's a variety of reasons for that. Probably the biggest one was more of a selfish thing. Where I just I didn't want to have to go into an office. I really liked the uh, the freedom and flexibility of working from home. What that afforded us. Uh, we were also going through some personal things in our lives. Uh, we adopted a couple of kids, and um, they were uh, our son came to live with us when he was two, and our daughter was six months old. So, you know, that was one of those things where being home really afforded Help. us the opportunity to bond with them more, yep. support each other. Um, and then when we started adding employees, uh, we, we kept that going because when we were looking at hiring software developers, we realized that you know, pretty early on that hiring, hiring talent in the U.S. can sometimes be 
kind of difficult. It's very competitive. Those self, you know, I was looking up the other day. I think unemployment rate for software development typically under well under two percent, you know, and has been for for years, for decades. And so, um, you know, it's really hard to to hire. And so, uh, we started looking uh, globally for uh, resources when it when it comes to the software developers because we felt like we could get it. It wasn't as competitive, and we were building a process and a whole ecosystem around remote work, and we could communicate and everything else and do a good job with that. Um, it allowed us to, to hire better talent than I think we would have been able to if we would have just stayed focused in the U.S. or if we would have tried to like set up an office here in the Austin area and just you know hire people within our you know geographic radius. Right. Um, I don't think we would have been as successful. So that was kind of our, our you know path as we as we grew this thing. No doubt, no doubt. Um, let me ask you this. So let's 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 get into a little bit of the expertise. Let's talk about building an app. So how do you validate your app or the software product idea without spending a dime? Well, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting column because I think there's a lot of people that have great ideas and they're not exactly sure how to go about pursuing it. And so, um, I mean, I guess, you know, say without building a dime, there's always, you know, some cost because time is money, right? But, spend, you know, you can do a lot of things yourself. You can go in and start thinking through, uh, you know, what it is you want to build, what problem, you know, I think you really start with what problem are you trying to solve? What, what audience are you trying to serve with your product? And then what problem does that audience have that your solution will solve? And, you know, that's the biggest pain point right there is giving people something that, you know, solve the problem of theirs. Um, and, you know, from there, you know, one of the things that we've done a lot with, with our customers that are coming in and they're wanting to test the waters, like, yeah, I think this is a great idea. But, and let's, let's be clear here. When you think about building uh, a, a software product, like a, a web or mobile app, I mean, you're talking about an investment of tens of thousands, sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not a not a cheap endeavor. So to think like I've got this great idea baked in my head, I'm gonna go throw thirty, forty, fifty thousand uh, dollars at building something. You know, sometimes even more than that. Like I said, um, it's a huge investment to not know if it's gonna work. I mean, it it really is a, a gamble. And so one of the things that we recommend to a lot of people come in the door who uh, have that uncertainty is to look at ways to paint the vision for your audience. And that audience can be, you know, anything from the users of your product to so the people who are going to be, if it's an app, people who are going to be downloading your app and using it to your potential investors if you're trying to raise money. And like, so the, the idea here is how do you build that feedback loop as early as possible in the development process? So you can start getting input from those people, that, that audience or those investors or whoever it may be, start getting feedback from them about whether this is a good idea. You wait until the app is completely done or mostly done and start sharing with people. Well, now you're like, like I said, you're now you got to go back and make changes. You make changes. Yeah. People say, I don't like this. Or sometimes people find out I built this app with these 10 features. One of those features was just, you know, a passing thought. And I thought, well, we can bake this thing that looks interesting, but, you know, not give it a lot of thought. And that's the thing everyone's advocates for. I balance that because it's one thing like, wow, we should have built the whole app around this concept. So, the way we approach that to try to hedge that is through a concept we call prototypes, which basically a prototype is 
like a watered down version of your app. What you're trying to do basically is, is capture the, the look and feel and essentially the usability of the product and like what it's going to be like to interact with that product. This comes out through like screenshots. So think about if you're going to build, you're going to build a house, right? And you said, you know, houses are expensive now. I don't, you know, just depending on where you live and stuff like that, different, different cost structures and stuff like that. But say you're going to spend there's hundreds of thousands of dollars these days to build, to build a new house. You're going to build that house and you weren't really sure what it's going to look like. Well, one of the things you know that you go into like a company that builds houses is they'll show you maybe some 3D renderings of what the house is going to look like. Sometimes they'll even have 3D walkthroughs and see like what the kitchen's going to look like. It's essentially what a prototype's like in the software world. It's like having a software representation of what your final product's going to be. It's not a finished product. It's not a big product. It's not a product that actually even works. But at least paints that picture of what that app or that product is going to look like you can get in front of people and they can touch and feel it. Like I said, it's not a fully functional app, but they can still walk through it and see what some of the, the workflows are like through the app and they can see how it works. That helps paint the picture a lot better than say, go and putting together a PowerPoint presentation or trying to, you know, draw something on, on, you know, piece of paper and, you know, represent that to someone and see if they, if they enjoy it. The prototype really paints that picture. Now, a lot of times you can build that, lot cheaper or, you know, depending on how savvy you are, you can do, a lot of times you can do those things yourself. It's just basically, you know, Photoshop, uh, with some hot points that you can click that, you know, allow you to jump around through the app. Um, that's really what it comes down to. And it's a great way to hedge and, you know, get a product in front of people, get that feedback loop started early. And, and because of that, you can pivot earlier in the process and waiting until you have an app that's already built. Cool. Cause like, um, what was I want to say? Uh, 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 was something else you said? I wanted to piggyback on. We will probably get back to that. So, uh, so we talked a little bit about the, the technical side. So, um, let's get back to because again, this this um this platform definitely hosts a lot of um new and small businesses entrepreneurs that's new into the game. And you have over ten years of experience, so let's 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 dig back in a little bit to more about um, juggling, juggling all the businesses, the leadership from you, which are foster parenting, and and, and, and life's unexpected turns. So let's get back to this to this balance side of things. On how you how, how do you juggle all that? Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, certainly some of the things I talked about earlier with. Uh, um, just being more intentional journaling, thinking about the, the buckets of things that are important to you, trying to keep, you know, track, measure how you're doing. Um, yeah, that's an important part of it. But also I think just, you know, another, another thing is just trying to you know, focus on doing what's right and trying to make a good self-assessment from time to time. Like this is one of the things that's been, uh, big for me as a writer, just trying to recognize, like take self-assessment throughout the day and think, okay, what am I doing? I'm staying on track with what I need to get done today. You know, I, you know, I'm journaling. I'm taking like a daily inventory, right? So it's a, a snapshot, usually in the morning for me, a snapshot of, you know, what I'm going to do today, as well as maybe some reflection on what I did the previous day. And I go through that day, and it's not until the next morning I'm going back and journaling again. So that gives me like a whole day gap where like all kinds of things can go wrong during that period. So I think just doing self-assessments and thinking about what is it I need to get done. You know, other other tricks I use is. There's things like, um, you know, every day I try to set, you know, some goals for myself. And I usually pick one thing uh, that I focus on. I'm going to have like one 
you know, one task that I would say is like my, my champion task of the day for work. And then I've got one task that's my champion task within my personal life. And so those are the two things that I have to get done every day. You know, on the weekends, these are just personal tasks I'm not doing. I try to separate work and not bring work into the weekends. So occasionally it's not able to do that, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll come up with that list. And then what I like to do is I like to focus on those, that one work thing or that one personal thing as early in the day as possible. Because if I can get that knocked out, that means I've accomplished my main goal. I've got all these secondary goals I want to get done as well. But that then, I mean, how many of us do that? I'm sure everybody, you know, with, with listening right now can, can attest to this. You go into the day with a plan, right? You go in and say, I'm going to get this report done that I need to get done for work. And that's my primary focus. It's going to take me a couple hours. I'm going to get it done. And next thing you know, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, man, I haven't started the report. My email's been going off. There was a crisis over here. Kid called and was sick at school. I had to go pick him or her up. And it's like just all this chaos, right? And you're like, I didn't get, get all my stuff done. And so what I do is just being real intentional about making sure, if nothing else, I get my one thing done each day, whether it's my work thing, my, my personal thing. I get that done. So I get it done as early as possible. Then everything else on my list, my to-do list, is all gravy on top of that, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's been, you know, big help for me because then I think one of the problems we have with balance is we're not able to walk away because we procrastinate and put things off. And then <laughs> when we're supposed to be changing, you know, transitioning over to the next thing we're supposed to do, you know, logging off from work, I'm going to go be, be dad and be husband, you know, for the next few hours. We start intruding on that. So like we didn't get our, we didn't finish what we needed to over here. So how can we make that transition over the next part of our day? Um, you know, so there's a lot of strategies like that. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other concepts. People do better job at it than I do, but this is just what I found worked for me. Mm. Yes, sir. So let me ask you this. So you got the little ones. How old are the little ones? Now they're 13 and 12. Oh, they're so, not little no more. Uh, All right. I'm know, sorry. Not little anymore. <laughs> no, no. Still, we don't have two teenagers yet, but we'll have two teenagers, uh, in about 10 months. So, so did, um, we're, I was I was going to ask, are, were, were you were, have you ever played around or, or tried to create some 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 software that you know related to the children? Uh, you know we have. Um, I, I know there have been times like I've uh, spent some time with them. There was a an app. I think it was. It's not Scratch. I can't remember the name of it. There could have been Scratch. I, I can't. There was, I think it was created by. I probably have this completely wrong. There's an app I believe created by MIT that teaches programming concepts mm. to kids, and it's really cool. So you can go and, you know, if you have a kid that, uh, um, and you know, kids love devices, obviously. So um, just getting them anything on a device is usually, you know, pretty exciting for them, especially younger age. But um, it would. You can go through and you can create like. You create like cartoon strips. You have animations with like characters and you know little bubbles, bubbles above their head with like the voice or the the text that they're you know whatever they're saying, like cartoon strip kind of stuff. You create these animations, or you even create like lightweight games in the, on this platform. And it's actually pretty easy. It's pretty pretty interesting how it works. But it teaches a lot of the basic concepts that are necessary for for coding. So we did that a little bit with the kids when they were younger. Um, now that they're in school, they've got electives and things like that where they can go you know starting in middle school which is crazy to me because i don't remember having electives in middle school when i was growing up but 
um, they have these electives to go into like different, uh, you know, things they want to go focus on. Like it could be software development or it could be music or whatever. And, um, so we did, we introduced those concepts to them a little bit when they were younger. Okay. So with caffeine interactive now, do, do y'all, so are y'all more on a, y'all serve more, uh, bigger corporations or can like, your little idiot with the podcast, a guy like me, this idiot with a podcast like me. Can I can I come to uh, Caffeine um, <laughs> Interactive and y'all could help me create a website or do y'all do more larger scale projects? And You know, it varies. I, I think the way we, we approach it is we are uh, more of a custom website solution. Anytime you hear the word custom and anything, <laughs> you know, when I hear custom home, custom car, custom anything, I think, you know, more money, right? Give me right. like the way to charge more money, but it is a custom experience. And so where we fit in nicely, I think is with the uh, small business that has the funds to, to, to build a custom website um, and has the need for it. Cause that's, that's the other thing. A lot of, you know, there's platforms that I guess you would call them competitors. I don't really think of them as competitors necessarily because of the, the space we play in, but Platforms you may be familiar with, like Wix or Squarespace, or uh, like GoDaddy has their own page builder. Um, these are like DIY solutions that I think are great for small startups that don't have much of a budget for building a website. Maybe you have like a couple hundred dollars, you know, five hundred bucks, thousand bucks. Those are you know great platforms. We tend to be you know order magnitude more expensive than that. But what we do is build. When we're thinking about websites, at least, and we, you know, we look at building a custom solution. We think about, um, you know, your audience, um, what action you want your audience to take when they come to your site. How do we lay out your website so that we, you know, funnel people towards taking that action? So let's say you're, you know, a business and you want people to book appointments with you. Um, you know, then we we build a whole website around that concept of you want people coming here booking appointments so we're going to have really clear call to actions we're going to have a lot of content that reinforces that we're going to have all the navigation and how the whole site flows is going to be centered around that and so it's, you know it's definitely a different uh different relationship a more uh, um more of an investment i guess uh building that kind of a website than say going through uh something like wix or you know some kind of diy solution but like i said we we occasionally get people coming in that they're like, I've got, I've been saving my money. I've got $10,000. I'm starting my business. That $10,000 has to go towards business cards. Got to go towards, you know, I need a, a phone. I need, you know, some kind of answering system, maybe. want to build, you know, design my own logo. And they got like this laundry list, you know, there's all this stuff you have to do mm-hmm. when you start a business. And, um, you know, they say, I've got 10,000 bucks. I got to get all this stuff done. And I regularly have conversations with people like that. And I say, you know what? Like, don't feel like you got to go and throw all of your budget out of something like ours. Go look at an option like Wix. Because right now, what you probably need is just a web presence, right? You're not going to be doing anything super sophisticated online. So go for that web presence. And then, and not that I don't want their business or anything like that. I just I hate people spending you know, every penny they've, they've saved on something that may not get them the return compared to some of the other things. So or or, other, or know, it could be something, not to cut money. you off. Not to cut you off, or and, no, and, yeah. and it's nice to have people like that. And and again, we need people like you in the, in the business world for real. Because again, like you say, you you're almost advising them the the correct way. Because like you say, sometimes 
somebody might think, okay, I need that web page. Boom, boom, boom. Let me go get the web page. But you don't even have the following yet or yeah. the clientele that, that the web page is going to serve its purpose for it. So I, I'm sorry that I had to cut you off real quick, but I, I definitely, you know, I, yeah, I'll be forgetting exactly right. the points I'll be trying to make sometimes. <laughs> but that's yeah, definitely. No, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. And I've always, in business, I've always tried to play the long game. Um, for better or worse, I've always tried to play a long game and build relationships. And I say, you know, tell people, and it sounds kind of gimmicky, but, you know, I, I really mean it. Like, I think our reputation is our most valuable commodity, more so than, you know, the money we make or anything else, because that reputation, you build that reputation and you build the trust and loyalty from your customers, then they become long-term customers and, you know, you reap way more rewards out of that relationship than you do trying to quote unquote screw somebody out of you know a few thousand dollars for, for some a, fast you know, bucks yeah yep. yeah i mean it's great when you have someone that comes in and you say yeah you, you know let me show you this platform here you can do it yourself it doesn't you know you just pay that vendor it's, it's super cheap and they come back uh you know a few years later and they're like all right we're we're ready for the yeah, our business has been successful. You gave us good advice. You saved us a lot of money back then by not, you know, trying to scam us. And now we're ready for the for the real deal. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're ready to build the custom site. We've grown to that point, and you know, it's, it's cool. It's cool seeing that. And then you know, you also look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and know that you weren't like <laughs> scam people, right? Yeah, like you said, like you said earlier, it ain't that hard to try to do right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it really ain't. It, no. it's, it's sadly the way the world looks. It looks like everyone's struggling with that, but it really ain't hard. If you do things with a genuine and for the right purpose, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not really hard to, to live that life out here like that. Before we get up out of here, though, anymore. Dustin, I want to thank you for coming through, kicking it with us. I seen, I actually, so while I was doing my, my little homework, I actually listened to one of your old, um, uh, uh, episode you were on a few podcasts and that's another thing I like about your, your um your booking agency that you have like again because I was actually able to go back and listen to um podcasts that you were on and all that you've been on quite a few I must say I, I didn't took the page down I was looking at but like I say Dustin has been on quite a few podcasts this is what he do um how many how many podcasts have you spoken on that you know of or can read maybe give us a ball pick oh man i think it's about 20 or 30 at this point yeah i've done done quite a few and it's been you know i've gone into it with the mindset of i just want to get the experience and build the relationships and you know so i don't sometimes people go on a podcast like what are you pitching what do you want to pitch you know what what can we talk about like i don't don't necessarily have anything to pitch i'm just here (laughs) to talk and tell people my story and talk a little bit about what we do and maybe people get something out of it and, you know, network and build those relationships. So yeah, I think it's been about 20 or 30. Ah, that's what's up. 20 or 30. You, Cause again, I get a lot of people, again, I get a lot of people. I'm like their first experience on a podcast. So again, to have someone that got the experience and the talking, and like I said, I didn't learn what you're booking the whole, but that was an experience I needed to learn that I need to write things down and get a little bit more on, on ship with my scheduling and, and my process of going to get guests and all that type of things. Like, so this was definitely, I feel was a, a match made in heaven for this platform and for you, uh, Dustin, cause to the game, like you say, you're about networking and, and again, your heart's in the right place. And, and that's, I'm, I'm heavy on that. Like uh, most of my guests that, 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 that come on my show, 
if their if their thing is fashion again i don't i'm i'm no longer buying clothes at the at the department stores when i need clothes i go to my guests um when i need my hair done haircut i go to my guests so again hopefully not hopefully but again I, once i'm once I, and with this season I'm, I'm taking things to another level so i will be in touch with you for all my uh, software and, and web page. We definitely we want to check with caffeine interactive listeners. Cause again, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, small business owners early in the game. So again, again, this platform, I, I, I bring these guests to y'all. These is resources. These is people you can network with. We, again, it's in inter, It's caffeine interactive.com. That's it. And if you want to give your, your personal information or, uh, Anything you want to shout out there real quick, Dustin, before we get out of here? Way they can get yeah, in contact sure. with you or anything? Questions. Yeah, if anyone has any questions or wants to just chat about anything, like these are, you know, I love talking about topics, great topics today, because these are all things I love talking about. So just strike a chord with anyone. You have any questions about anything I mentioned or just want to chat about it, talk shop on any of this stuff. So I'm happy to uh, entertain that. So just, you know, the best way is to reach me. Go to our website, castinginteractive.com, fill out our contact form. I see every piece of mail that comes through there all the good bad and ugly <laughs> spam everything else uh so I'll, I'll see it or you can also just email me directly at my email address is dustin at caffeineinteractive.com all right well again i would like to thank you for giving us the time you definitely dropped some knowledge you again we we hit aspects on the conversation i had no idea we was going to hit especially when we got to talking about the juggling and the mm-hmm. life side of you know all that with the balance and the journaling, that those was definitely though, those were some jewels. And I like to say I, I kept piggybacking off of that because that's something again for people that that's that's starting out, or even if you've been an entrepreneur for years, you might have that's something that you can apply to help um better yourself and help you attack your goals and all that type of good stuff. But again, we like to thank you, Dustin. I appreciate you. Caffeineinteractive.com. Y'all heard it, y'all. F C Y E. We now now we got a tech we we got a technology uh, company we can network with. So y'all here it's out there. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for joining us, Dustin. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in for episode ninety five. Y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>